We have uh, that situation in uh, Deep Sluit and it is a developing situation, has been for a few days now and unfortunately a number of people have lost their lives and uh, the latest development overnight was uh, the death of uh, Elvis Nyati, uh, believed to be a Zimbabwean national who was stoned and then set alight. So we've been keeping an eye on those developments. SABC reporters are out on the ground and uh, police say that uh, uh, in addition to those developments, 24 undocumented foreign nationals have also been arrested in Deep Sluit. And we are going to listen now to community leaders, Kelo Shezi, uh, telling us that they believe that the high number of undocumented foreign nationals are to blame for the increase in crime in the area. We need people who are from, you know, different uh, African countries uh, to have document when they come to South Africa. So we do not have a problem at all with those who have document. So for police to trace those who do not have document is difficult, really. So that's what is a problem. And uh, that was, of course, uh, one of the community leaders out in uh, Deep Sluit, Stelo uh, Shezi, telling us that uh, they believe that the undocumented foreign nationals are to blame for the high crime rate in Deep Sluit. So to discuss this issue further uh, of undocumented foreign nationals in South Africa, we join on the line by Home Affairs Minister Dr. Aaron Mutsualedi. Dr. Mutsualedi, good to have you with us again here on Update at Noon. Good afternoon, Sagina, and good afternoon to the listeners. Dr. Mutsualeri, perhaps uh, let's start uh, just uh, by gauging your reaction to the latest developments in Dipsluit and the sentiments conveyed uh, by uh, those on the ground, community leaders and others, uh, saying that the undocumented foreign nationals in their area are to blame for the high crime rates because they can't be traced. Well, Sagina... uh it, it, it is important for every person to be documented, whether a foreign national or a national. And that issue is a problem in the African continent because in 2010, the African Union and the, some United Nations agencies uh, launched a project called CVRS, Civil Registration and Vital Statistics, because on our continent, uh, the issue of registering people and, 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 and counting them. It's not really easily done. So that's the first thing I want to say. Now, the issues at Deep Sluot are, are very, very unfortunate, but I think there's a lot of criminality. And, and Sakina, while, while many people believe so, criminality happening in the country uh, does not really directly get affected by the issue of undocumented or not. Yes, people are illegal because they don't want to be to be known. Yes, that's true. But I've got a list of many documented people who commit crimes, Sagina. There are lots of people who have documented, who will do things that uh, you'll never believe uh, should be happening. And, and, and it's among both South Africans and non-South Africans who have got documents but who are in jail. If you go to correctional service now, you'll find a whole lot of foreign nationals. I think, if I'm not mistaken, at the last count, maybe I'll miss figures, 
it was something like 20,000 or, or something like that, who are documented, but they are in jail because they committed crimes. So the issue of crimes is just criminality and a criminal mind. It doesn't mean that once a person has got a document, they suddenly stop being a criminal. But that does not mean we, we are not interested in documenting people. We do so. And I guess that's the next question, Dr. Mutsualedi, in terms of what government is currently doing through your department to resolve some of the documentation issues around migrants. Uh, Sakina, I, I, when I listen to some of you guys in the media, I realize that we speak from two different worlds. We are not on the same page about exactly what documentation is. Let me give me some two minutes just to explain what it means. You are aware that the issue of migration is global, but it's regulated by the United Nations Commission of 1951, which clearly states under what conditions should a person leave their country without any document whatsoever and cross a border uh, in terms of natural disasters, war, and persecutions. It is there in the United Nations Convention, which was ratified in 1967, and South Africa ratified it in 1996, two years after we became a democracy. In terms of that, when you arrive at the border and, and say, I'm running into a country to look for safety, uh, for, for the reasons I've mentioned, uh, we, we should not refuse you entry. We immediately give you a document called a Section 23. Uh, certificate. It's a Section 23 under the Immigration Act. It, 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 once we give you that, it's a document, you are documented. It says you are given five days to move to the nearest refugee reception center and announce your arrival in the country. And the reception centers are five. In Musina, the big and Desmond Duty in Maravastad, in Kavera, in Cape Town, and in Tequini. When you arrive there and announce yourself, even before people check whether you are lying or telling the truth, even before checking that, they take your fingerprint, they take your photo, they take your names, and they give you a state called a Section 22 certificate. That one is under the, the, the Refugee Act. That in itself is documentation. You are officially in the country. Nobody can do anything to you. If you qualify to be a refugee, meaning you now qualify to be under international protection, in which case we have got all the rights that all South Africans have got, except only the right to vote. You are now given a Section 24 permit. Now, that is documentation. If you are a baby and you are born here in South Africa uh, 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 by foreign parents, we give you what you call a record of birth that you are born here, these are your parents, you are born in this hospital, this is the time of birth, and you are supposed to take that record of birth to the embassy of your country inside South Africa, who must now give you the relevant details, uh, documents of your country. All those things are documentation. We read with them in Home Affairs. But I have come to learn, when people say documentation, they mean being given South African documents, which immediately makes them citizens. And we are not able to do that, Sakina. We simply are not able to do that because it's not desirable for us to do something like that. Mm. Uh, totally understood, Minister, and um, I did not mean that at all. I absolutely uh, meant just in terms of recognition that someone has entered the country, that the government of South Africa is aware of their presence on our shores. Uh, but, yeah. So, yeah. 
It's, it's a problem because our borders are porous. And I gave somebody a challenge, and I want to give it to you, uh, uh, Sakina. If you, tomorrow, you bring me 1,000 people undocumented, we'll document them immediately. Because all it means is that we'll take them to refugee reception center, take their fingerprints, take their photos, take their names, and give them a Section 22 certificate. Whether they are going to be successful in staying in the country forever and get some form of documentation that allows them, that's a, that's a different story. But documenting them that they are here, we, we will do it. Those who are not documented is because they never presented themselves anywhere. And, and Home Affairs have got 412 offices. In each one of them, there's an immigration officer where you can go and announce yourself. You can even go to the police station. So there are a lot of areas where you can go to announce that you are in South Africa. And the people who are undocumented, they are basically illegal because they don't want to go there. And many of them choose not to go there for the simple reason that they believe uh, uh, something wrong is going to happen. If they go there, they will be deported and all that. You know? So looking at uh, what is happening across the country, Minister, and of course uh, we see the tensions brewing and um, uh, movements like Operation Dudula uh, saying that they will go and do the job that government doesn't seem to be able to do, uh, which is to make sure that there's uh, uh, the foreign nationals in communities are actually stopped from doing things that they believe they ought not to be doing, uh, such as owning shops, uh, selling um, uh, goods, owning spaza shops, as an example. So surely this is something that the government is uh, seriously seized with, given how things are developing at the moment. Well, on, on that score, they are right, Sakina, and I personally have raised it. Uh, you may remember that uh, two years back, Members of parliament raised this issue sharply, the issue of immigration, during the president's state of the nation address. He responded by forming an interministerial committee on immigration, which is called by co-chaired by myself and the minister of labor, Minister Tulas Nunesi. One of the things we identify, Sakina, is that, yes, government departments, that includes a, 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 a specifically, especially, sorry, not specifically, municipalities, that you can't open a shop or a business in any locality in the country without being licensed. That means somebody must license you and give you permission and code bylaws for you. That this is, in terms of our bylaws, this is what you do, need to do when you run a business. And, and that is not happening. I actually even wrote to Salga at some stage, Sakina, to ask for this to happen because. Every wrong thing, I, I wrote that letter to Salka. You remember during that time when some foreign nationals occupied uh, 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 the, the, what you call the streets and, and the balconies, in, I mean, the, not the balconies, man, the, what you call, uh, 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 people's gates in, 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 in Brooklyn, here in Pretoria. Yes, the red payers went to court taking the municipality to court. The municipality said, no, that's not our job. Those people are foreign nationals. They, 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 it belongs to home affairs. And I responded to them, I said, by law issue, somebody has pissed up a gate, a, a fence, I mean, a tent on my gate. It's a by law issue. Municipalities must apply by laws. So I wrote them to the letter, even specifically to the city of Johannesburg, 
Etwani, Neto, and Cape Neto, because that's where most of the problems were. Now, you have got a situation where somebody opens a business, doesn't pay tax, sleeps in the business, is there, whole church services there, and do, do everything there. Those are bylaws that are not being considered. And I think it's part of the problem, and it must be solved accordingly. And, and and that is the crux of the matter, Minister, because these are issues that need to be regulated and policed by government. And yeah, government yeah, is yeah. failing dismally in this regard, which has now in turn uh, meant that citizens feel that they will take the law into their own hands to rectify the situation. Yeah, no, no. Look, I can't argue against that. Because if I, I personally, as I'm saying, I wrote a letter to Salga asking them to do that. In Polokwane, Sakina, there was a time when the NEC for Economic Development wanted to stop foreign listeners from opening shops there, and, and they went to court. Most of them were Somali uh, listeners. They went to court. The court clearly said no. They must be given a right to apply. Uh, for, to own those businesses. They must not just be closed down. They must be given a right to apply so that a relevant authority must uh, 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 either accept the application or reject it. And, and that was a ruling in that Somali case. But even up to now, and who is the relevant authority? Many people believe it must be Home Affairs. Sakina, Home Affairs does not... Home Affairs only give documentation to an individual. We're not in charge of licenses, business premises, accommodation, uh, uh, ablution facilities, allocation of land. All those I know they are usually given to home affairs if somebody is a foreign missionary. But that's not what is in the law. So I agree with you that parts of government, in government starting with local municipalities, there are areas where we should have done better by regulating this, and the interministerial committee is going to push to make sure that that happens. Because one of our rulings was that let's look at the present legislation and see those which are not being implemented. And one of those which are not being implemented is the issue of bylaws and businesses and all that. And then, of course, uh, there is still the question of uh, corruption within uh, your Department of Home Affairs, Minister. And we have seen since you've come in um, visible uh, improvement in terms of tackling the issue. We saw the raid last week as well at Krugersdorp. And uh, that case, uh, those suspects are appearing in court tomorrow. Um, But how are you faring in terms of fighting corruption within your ranks? What we have seen is the beginning, Sakina, is the beginning. And, and the Department of Home Affairs is very unique in all government departments. It is the only department that has got a counter-corruption unit at the level of a branch. I'm sure, Sakina, if you understand the architect of government, you have got the director general. Then you have got directors general who are second in charge, then chief directors and directors. In many government departments, when they say corruption, they mean tenders or supply chain, which in, in many cases is headed by a director or maybe at best a chief director. But in home affairs, it is second in charge. It's headed by a DTG and is concentrating internally on corruption because in home affairs, you don't wait for supply chain. Just get into a home affairs office and we have got 412 of them. 
corruption can happen there. Just arriving at the border and we've got 72 posts of entry, corruption can happen there. Just applying for a permit in the permitting office. So all over, people can be tempted to be bribed and corrupt, and that's why we've got an anti-corruption unit. Now, I have decided that we are going to be extremely active, Sakina, and you are going to, what we have seen, it's just but the beginning. We are going to keep on arresting to clean up the departments. But we are also going to try and improve the technology in order to prevent this corruption from ever happening. I just wanted to know about the forensic audit report on home affairs and uh, the release of that report. You, when you say the forensic audit, uh, you're talking about uh, uh, the audit that is being done for all the payments, which is headed by the former Director General Luis. Correct, Minister. Yeah, no, and it was quite unfortunate that uh, the head of that uh, uh, unit was uh, Dr. Lovis was indisposed for quite some time, but he said now they just sent me a message yesterday that they would like to meet me next week, and I believe they are going to be giving me a preliminary report because uh, it's such a huge job, they won't be able to finish it within a short space of time. So we have agreed that when they finish a particular part, a particular portion, they must give it to me. Well, Minister, we appreciate you uh, giving us your time this afternoon. I know you have something else to get to, but thank you so much for speaking to us. Yes, I'm going to be addressing ambassadors about the same issues you're asking me about Sakina at 1 o'clock, so I need to rush. <laughs> we appreciate you uh, giving us your time. Uh, Minister of Home Affairs, uh, Dr. Aaron Mutsualedi there. And-